On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I talk with Mike and Joe from Build Assets Online. Man, these guys are a wealth of knowledge, honestly, way smarter than I am, and I just had a great chat with them. We demystified the term dropshipping and learned how you can use it to profitably accelerate your business. Incredible conversation I had with these guys. You guys are going to love this. Before we begin, I wanted to let you know something super exciting. We have rebranded our podcast to be the Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand Podcast. We're so excited about this because we want to bring you the most amazing content when it comes to your e-commerce business. We want to help you scale. All of that being said, we have an amazing resource that we want to share with you. It's calculators, marketing calculators to figure out how much you can afford to spend on your marketing. We've got three different calculators on the website. So go to mindfulmarketing.co slash marketing dash calculator. Now on to today's episode. All right. I am here with Joey and Michael from Build Assets Online. Welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, guys. Great to be here, Jordan. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I got another one of these episodes. We had a recent one with uh, Ombre's sunglasses where we had uh, two people on. Um, I'm kind of getting used to this now. I think I might require actually two people to come on the podcast uh, from now on. So, <laughs> you know, if you're applying, uh, just make sure you've got a co-founder or somebody like that. Yeah. It fills a lot of dead space. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. <laughs> awesome guys. Well, um, tell us, uh, Joey, let's, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about um, who you are and what you do. Yeah. So, like he said, we're Joe and Mike from buildassetsonline.com. We basically, the name, the reason why I see the name is because it says a lot about what we do. So we basically started, uh, you know, not having real jobs and then started like, I guess, ha- building our uh, career in quotes online since 2014. And it started off very humbly. It started off just doing like flipping. So I was going to yard sales and Walmart clearance sections and Walgreens clearance sections and stuff like that and buying stuff for cheap and relisting it on Amazon and eBay. But, um, you know, it wasn't really long after that. Well, even though I was, I did quite well with that and I actually stopped working and I just made a living just from that. But it wasn't soon after that we kind of realized that you can actually make like a real business out of this stuff. When we got into it, you know, it was more like, we're just going to make money online. But then it turned into, you know, building a sustainable income. Yeah. And then it turned into building online assets that you can sell, hence the name um, Build Assets Online. Cool. And, it, and it all kind of started because when we first did all this, we were kind of very, our businesses were very heavily reliant on Amazon. Um, we were doing Amazon Kindle publishing, which we still do today. Um, like I said, I was doing, I was still doing a little bit of FBA at the time because the Kindle publishing came yeah. later. Oh, can, you, can you explain just for our audience what FBA is? Yeah. So FBA just stands for fulfilled by Amazon. And basically you send stuff into the Amazon warehouse. And, you know, when you see an Amazon listing and it says like, you know, sold by Joe, but fulfilled by Amazon, that just means Amazon is shipping you our stuff. And there's many different styles of FBA. The type I was doing uh, back in 2014 was called retail arbitrage or arbitrage, or when I was just buying stuff low and, and selling it high. But, you know, people, they make, they private label stuff and do and do FBA that way. They wholesale stuff and do FBA that way. Yeah. I was doing a little bit of wholesale, but it kind of, and it, it kind of, um, the whole, the whole thing, even though it, it was, it was great and Kindle publishing is great and we still do Amazon Kindle publishing. 
um, we started thinking about building assets online to, to become more diversified in our, in our incomes online. Because when we first started, we weren't that diversified. We were like re- solely reliant on Amazon. Totally. And yeah. Amazon they changes own, some. They probably yeah. own you, right? Like they, they own your traffic. They own all that. <laughs> Absolutely. They can, they can end you for any reason. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, and I imagine that a lot of uh, people who are big in FBA right now were killed during COVID. Yeah, definitely, definitely hear those stories. And, you know, that's, that's the problem is that it's not even the fault of, you know, how good of a business person you are. That's something you can't anticipate. And if all of your traffic and all of your uh, customers are coming through Amazon, then you're, you're really screwed. And so that's why we heavily talk about it, being able to set yourself up through multi-platforms or different businesses that way when something like this happens you will you'll be okay and um this actually did happen to us in 2016 we got our kindle account suspended because there was a rule change and so amazon said okay anyone that's not not following this new rule we've just put in they're going to be suspended and hit with a warning and so they took away uh two months of our royalties and so we had this happen i was quitting my job uh joe was buying a house so they can just so let, let me just get this straight so amazon Basically, Jeff Bezos can just say, no, we're not going to pay out your like two months of yes. royalties. That is what, yes. This is why, this is why you build your own. I mean, we, we just call it brand building here, right? Like, but like, this is why you build assets that are outside of Amazon and outside of third parties that you actually own yourself. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. from that point on, there was not going to be a situation where we were going to get caught in, in that type of circumstance again. Yeah. So that's when we started creating the drop shipping sites and we started focusing on actually being able to build different diversified um, income streams. Cool, cool. You know, drop shipping is such a, a dirty word sometimes, especially around the like the brand, uh, the brand people that listen to this podcast. Tell me about how you guys do it and how you build assets around drop shipping. Yeah, so what people mainly don't understand is that drop shipping is just a method of fulfillment. It is viewed as a dirty word because people, you know, gurus try and sell this idea of drop shipping where you can go on this supplier directory or you can go on AliExpress and you can get these little trinkets and you can set up a Shopify site and now you have this, you know, kind of business that just poofs out of thin air. Yeah. And while it may seem nice on paper and you know, the problem is it's really inexpensive stuff. It's cheap, poor quality. You're working with suppliers that are overseas. They don't care about you. You need to use traffic models like Facebook that are really not sustainable for kind of a, a mainly front-end business like that. Yeah. And so, again, it's just a method of fulfillment. It just means it's going to ship directly from the manufacturer to the customer. And so what we do is we work with U.S. brands or you know you can work with any brand in your country and we set up wholesale accounts with them. So we get access to their products yeah. And so we ship domestically, we can ship expensive products with high margins directly to customers. So it's just I love that. a real business I love that as Home Depot actually, or, you know, house. So can, can you, can you explain like, like what are, can you, can you name any of the brands that, that you work with? We don't like to name ones that we work with directly. And that's, uh, I'll explain that. Sure. Um, Cause we've, we have sold three of these drop shipping businesses to date. Um, we plan on selling more of them. So it's kind of like out of, uh, you know, respect for 
like the, the sellers that we're going to sell it to and, and the people that we have sold it to that, you know, we don't want to sell them a website and then, you know, some, cause, because it, even though it seems it is easy to call a brand and say, Hey, you know, can I become a wholesaler with you guys? So just for that reason, out of the respect for like, you know, the people that we are going to sell these sites to and that we have sold to, uh, we prefer to just not like go out and say like the industries that we've been involved in. Um, Sorry, clear, you can really do it in any industry. There's nothing that's off limits depending on how good you are at getting these supplier relationships. And so, you know, you can go on a wayfair.com or go on Home Depot and you can find thousands of brands that you can dropship for. And all you, all you need to do is call them and just say, you want to open up a wholesale account. You know, you want to have uh, something to show for it. You want to have a business like a, you know, some sort of business entity set up. But yeah, it's not as hard as you may as it may seem and it's just a normal business practice for these people because you know they're focusing on getting good products in they're focusing on doing fulfillment they don't want to be responsible for dealing with you know customers and selling and all that so there is a very important need for it and yeah. to be honest like these big companies you know wayfair home depot amazon they can't put individual attention into different brands whereas you you as a small business you can really hammer in on some of these brands that make you really good margins where, you know, some bigger companies, it's just one in a, a bajillion products that they're selling. So. Yeah. Cool. Cool. That's great. Now, do you guys have some kind of formula as far as what kind of products to, to actually select? Like, like what's a good product to drop ship? Yeah. So I can definitely give some like examples of something that we might think about going after. So yeah, um, this, this is not going to be on video, but behind me, there's a, there's a sofa. So yeah. some type of sofa would be a great product to, to drop right. ship. Well, may, not, not mainly because they're expensive. We Got like you. to look for things that are $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 and beyond. But the thing is that what we teach people is that you don't want to just look for like a generic sofa because what you're going to find is that on a lot of the big, the big name brands, um, it's going to be a lot of people carrying like that generic, like some just generic sofa, you know, I don't know, but there's, there's lots of like different types of specialty sofas out there. Like there might be some like executive sofa that you might find in like a psychiatrist's office or like a lawyer's office. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Something like that. Yeah, gotcha. So you really want to find those types of products and that when you find those types of what we like to call, um, well, the commonly term, termed frame, phrase is long tail products, because when someone types into Google, they type in a sofa. You, it's not really that clear what they want. You know, they're just kind of browsing around. Um, but if they type in executive sofa for my office, you know, that's a totally different thing. And that's what we'd like to focus our attention on is getting our products in front of people that are searching for those types of keywords where they're very, very specific and, you know, modifiers like that, or they're searching for name brands because that's where, you know, all of the big money is going to be made because, yeah. you know, you're going to, they're going to convert much higher because you know what they want or they know what they want and you're giving them exactly what they want. And there's going to be less competition because, you know, all of the big retailers, they, they don't care about selling one-off things like that. You know, they care about volume and high rates of customer acquisition, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 totally. So you can kind of swoop in there, get really pinpointed search terms, 
and, yeah. and build a store around that. So would you build the actual like asset that you're talking about? Would you build it like executivecouches.com, couchesforexecutives.com, or would you make it a little more broad than that? Yeah, and so we do not do that specifically. And we see people all the time that fall into that trap and they wind up failing because you don't really know exactly what's going to work. There's so uh, many okay. factors that go into it, like how good a supplier is, or there's, you know, there's a million things that can come up when you're doing this. And so you would make a regular sofa website, but within that you'll have, you know, as many products as possible from as many suppliers as possible. And so that gives you a wide range of things to test. And so you can see, okay, I'm selling more of these executive sofas. Now I can put in more energy into doing, you know, more advertising for them, different things. Yeah. So yeah, it kind of goes what, you know, into what you said, you want to, the, the high margins allow you to be, and the fact that you're using Google ads allows you to be super pinpointed in your searches. So you get really good conversion rates and you retain your high margins, but you don't want to uh, really pigeonhole yourself into being into something too narrow because you may slightly miss the mark or, you know, when you want to expand out, it just may not make logical sense. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So when we're talking about good conversion rates on search, what, what are we talking about, Mike? I wish I could tell you a good number. The thing is we get so much traffic now just through, you know, our ads and our retargeting and Facebook and, you know, organic stuff that I don't really even care what the conversion rate is because I'm just looking at spend and I'm looking at profit. And so if that makes sense, then, yeah. <laughs> then I'm happy because to be honest, we have some stores that the conversion rate is lower because the items are much more expensive and it's a much longer buying cycle. Yeah, that totally makes so sense. Even if the conversion rate is is point three percent, but I still make a thousand dollars on the sale. I mean, I, I don't care what that number is. Yeah, totally. Can and it's I not? Just, sorry, sorry. Joe, I, I'm just gonna step in for for one sec. Let's talk about a, a long buying cycle like that. What do you guys do on your end as far as retargeting is concerned? So, really, retargeting is the best thing to do. But people maybe think about retargeting in the sense of. Um, like display display ads. So like, you know, you're browsing the web and you're on Instagram and you see the thing that you were looking at. So that works good. But what's really impactful is actually just doing the same types of ads you're already doing on Google and just kind of copying them into your retargeting audience. And so it's a big key. So if, if anyone's listening is not doing this, you need to be doing this is you can essentially you can have the, the ads that are already working for you, but you can specify them only for people that have visited your site because they're way more warm of a lead. And so you can bid way higher. And so take you're taking up a uh, big chunk of that pie. Yeah. Or even the entire pie, depending on how valuable it is to you. And so that's where a lot of money is made. Cool, cool. Joe, I totally stepped on your toes before. Go for it. Oh, no, I hope I didn't, uh, hope I didn't lose. Oh, we're talking about conversion rate. Um, so yeah, along with the hot, the long buying cycle, there's a lot of touches that go on. So someone might find our site through organic search on their phone, and then you know they might be searching their computer later and come back to our site, and then they might be back on their phone or on their tablet. And uh, as far as tracking goes, you know, just just depending on how many devices they're using and where they're using them, um, you know that. That, that can play a role in, in tracking your conversion rate. So that's why, like Mike said, we don't really put that much of an emphasis on conversion weight rate. Uh, we just really try and focus on, I mean, we do, don't get me wrong. 
but we mainly just try and focus on, you know, figuring out what our keywords are because we know they're relevant yeah. and getting in front of the customer when they're searching those keywords, whether it's through search or ads. Cool. Let's talk. We were talking a little bit about this before we started. Let's talk about the, um, the difference and the, the approach between search engine optimization and paid search. Wait, how, how do you marry those two together? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty simple. You're always going to want to start with paid search because search engine optimization uh, really is a long game. So paid search is great because it's like a faucet you can turn on and off as soon as you basically put your store live. Yeah. Um, you know, this, sync it with Google Merchant Center, sync it with uh, Google Ads and, and turn the ads on. Um, so search, that, that, that always comes first. And you can actually use your converting keywords on, on Google Ads to get, you know, inspiration or data for what, your, what types of keywords you should target when you're doing search engine optimization. Yeah, um, yeah. it's a yeah. pretty similar game, like, <laughs> like between SEO and SEM, right? Like when you're paying for, when you're, you're building up yourself, you're going to spend either way on both time or money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess the issue where, where ads comes out ahead is that you almost, you almost can't control the types of pages that Google ranks when you, when, mm. when there's, when someone's searching for a product, um, you can kind of look, so, you know, if someone is searching for, for a sofa, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. If someone is searching for, for a black sofa and Google is showing like all blog posts where it's like 10 best black sofas yeah. for 2020, you getting your product listed on that search page, if it's a black sofa is you, you pretty much have zero chance of doing that on the, but, but you can easily, you know, your ad can, your text ad can show up, your Google shopping ad can show up. So in some ways ads gives you that advantage because you can put a product in front of someone searching for something. Um, on the other hand, you know, search is like, you really have to see what Google, what types of pages Google are ranking for a specific query and, you know, making pages that Google is going to like for that keyword, whether it's your product or not. But yeah, either way, you are going to pay either way. It's yeah, you have time, yeah. but I would say with ads, you just have a little bit more control. I got a, I got a question for you guys. Um, and this is coming from a, from a marketing agency background. <laughs> um, if, if a Google shopping ad is converting well, would you then go and make a text version of that ex exact same search term? Absolutely. But it doesn't always carry over surprisingly. Text ads are usually more expensive, but I think there's something about uh, the intent of actually seeing a picture of the product and the price and then clicking on it mm. that it, it, it sometimes give, gives a higher conversion rate. But with that being said, sometimes text ads work better than a shopping ad. So in kind of going off of what Joe said, if you wanted to rank for black sofa, you're going to have a very, very, very hard time doing that. Yeah. However, we have shopping ads that, get clicks for things even more generic than that. It's like, like the generic level of getting a click for like sofa yeah. and they convert. So I'm never going to go and I'm never going to make a text ad for sofa yeah. because it's going to be extremely expensive. Uh, and it just may, it's going to be very hard to manage. So, you know, th there is something to be said about the differences between all these things. You know, SEO, if you can rank, it's amazing because it's free traffic. Yeah. Text ads, 
you know, if you can prove that a text ad is going to work, then it's amazing because you can just control that exact keyword and just dominate it. Yeah. Shopping, it's going to be a wider range. It's less control, but it's going to be cheaper. And usually it's going to kind of give you a better starting point to see like what's actually working in terms of products and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Cool. Great explanation. That's awesome. Guys, this is a, one, one of the questions I, I have to ask every single interview. doesn't matter who it is. What is your secret to scaling e-commerce brands? Outsourcing. Good. Good. You, you will never get into that. If you think, if you think you have outsourced enough, you have not outsourced enough. And you know, there's, there's always more ways to take yourself outside of the business. Um, and so you, we, we've been learning that lesson for five or six years now is yeah. just outsource and outsource. Yeah, that's great. I heard, um, I, I don't know if you guys know Roland Frazier, uh, kind of from the digital marketer um, uh, family over there. Uh, he was, he's really big into, you know, buying and flipping businesses. And um, he was saying that one thing that E-Myth has gotten wrong is, you know, they talk about working, you know, you need to work on your business, not in your business. And he's like, no, 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 no. You need to work above your business. Like not, yeah. not on your business. You need to be above that and telling somebody else to work on your business. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with that. I've read the E-Myth. <laughs> um, I feel like that's, I feel like that's what they meant, but yeah, it's all semantics, but yeah, you're, you're totally right. You want to be above the business. And it's not as easy as it sounds. It's a kind of a cliche term, but it's something you have to work towards doing. And it's kind of like, you know, giving away that control over something you've built can be a bit scary. It can be a bit painful, oh, but really. once you do it, you know, you're not going to go back to just grinding it out. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had that exact same conversation with our CFO this morning on our clothing company. We were talking about how we can get that much more separation beyond because we have a few a few different brands with our clothing company and uh like what do we what do we do so that we're not the ones that are manually turning everything right because yeah. you can't you can't grow and and especially flip businesses so let's talk about that just before we we're, we're kind of getting a little bit close to the end here but i really want to know so so let's say you've 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 built a company it's really profitable you've built a, a site what do you do with it after i mean I, i've got an idea with your shirt there <laughs> oh yeah you know what I, I threw out a lot of my shirts this is I, this empire flipper shirt is one of the, the few that that remained yeah so where, yeah. where do you go like is that i mean empire flippers is one one place you go i'm assuming how else do you sell well we've really only sold on empire flippers like as as far as a brokerage site you know there's flippa there's fe international uh, there's one i was introduced recently called quiet light brokerage but we've also done um off-market deals where, you know, just, just connecting with different people, different, different site owners where, and that's great because you don't have to pay the, uh, the commission to the brokerage firm, but, you know, getting started, I think Empire Flippers is a great place because they, you know, they take the time to vet everything. And, you know, I think it's, I've never, we've never sold or bought a site on Flippa, but, you know, something about it is a bit less, less official than, than Empire Flippers, I think. Uh, just because of a real word, <laughs> maybe, I don't know what it is. It's just, I think there's not, everything is vetted on there. At least every time I've looked, it just, it seems like, I don't, cause it's really making that like, and you'll pull up the site and you'll be like, I'm not sure, you know, yeah. but it's not, it's not like, ver not all the sites are <clears throat> independently verified on Flippa from what I've found. Maybe they are now. I don't know. But so, yeah, 
I think those, those two places. Uh, actually, I mean, if you're, I, I've heard this from other people that we haven't done this ourselves, but like if you're in relevant like Facebook groups or forums where there's other people building online businesses, um, just like you are, they obviously have to be at a similar level or above you. Um, but yeah, that's, that's also a great place. Totally. Let's, yeah. let's be honest. I have this podcast also for acquisitions because <laughs> I can bring yeah. people on. And I've, if I'm like, oh, that's a cool business. Like, hey, let's talk. Are you interested in selling? <laughs> and that, and even um you know we have people that have bought websites from us that want to buy more you know so cool. it's like you know that's you can build up your own buyers list eventually totally totally that's great so guys if somebody were to to want to get started you know now that we've kind of demystified the the drop shipping word and and brought it into maybe a little bit more of um a, like a, like a human kind of term where you're actually selling good products where should they get started? Do you guys have some resources for people or, or where, where should they get started? Yeah. Uh, so our free course, the online asset playbook, buildassetsonline.com slash playbook. Uh, what we do is we kind of break down all the business models that we've done online. So that's a great place to start because we go, you know, a little bit more in depth than we've gone on dropshipping, but it'll give you, first of all, a good feel on whether it's going to be the right thing for you. Yeah. Um, compared to the other business models we've talked about, like Kindle and building other affiliate websites and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and of course, we also have our flagship dropshipping course, Instant E-commerce Asset, um, if, any, if anyone is interested in that, where we kind of walk you through you know, going from zero to building the type of, so building the type of store that you know, we've sold and the types of stores that we continue to build. So yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Have you guys seen an uptick in um, people taking that course during COVID? We're growing simultaneously, so yes. But what I can definitively say is that our stores are growing during COVID. Cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, we've seen that. We, yeah, we we run a uh, e-commerce marketing agency alongside of our uh, clothing brands, and um, every single one of our clients is through the roof. Like it's it's absolutely unreal. Like like the conversation I had with my CFO this morning, he had forgot to look COVID on. He just said, oh, Q1 wasn't as big as we thought. I'm like, did you look at Q2 yet? <laughs> it's like <laughs> up like 170% or something. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, I, I think that this is just the time to, to get in. And I really don't see an end to this right now. Um, I think this is going to be the new norm that people are going to, they're used to really? shopping online. Yeah, and I mean, we think about it in terms of, you know, people are, are, are shopping online a lot as it is, but this really opens, I think, a lot of people's eyes to like how much more there is to be had in the world of e-commerce. Oh, so fully. yeah, I mean, there's probably going to be a, a very, very significant uptick for a while. We'll yeah. See how long it lasts. Yeah, totally. So being trained in, in knowing what to do to build your store, I think, is the, the first place to go. Guys, where can people find out more about you? buildassetsonline.com and Joe talked about the dropshipping course you can also check that out at buildassetsonline.com slash asset is that correct Joe that's right yeah that's the uh, that's okay. the short link for it awesome that's great Abby you make sure to put those into the show notes and uh, it was really great any any parting wisdom from you guys um, well Mike already said about you know the, the secret to, to scaling the business was outsourcing um, one thing I could add to that is make sure you're, you're focusing on the things that have the biggest impact. 
because I think it's very easy to get caught up in if you launch an e-commerce store, trying to really tweak every aspect about it, like before you even have any traffic, like changing a color of a button is not going to do anything if no one's coming to the site. So, you know, start to think, you have to always think about what's the next immediate step I could take that's going to uh, bring things to the next level here. So always keeping that in the forefront of your mind, I think is very, very important. Yeah. Awesome guys. Really, really appreciate you guys coming on. Um, super insightful stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Before we end, we just wanted to ask a couple of favors from you. If you enjoyed this podcast, can you please share it with your friends and leave us a rating, especially on Apple Podcasts? That would really help. Also, we have an amazing new free resource for you guys. It's marketing calculators. It'll help you figure out what your break-even return on ad spend is and more. So go to mindfulmarketing.co slash marketing dash calculator to find out more. Have a great week.